and good afternoon, wait, good evening, good night, whatever you want to call it, wherever you're listening to. Thank you for tuning in. This is Deacon and Co. Show, episode 38. We are on the 15th of April, 2021, and tonight's guest is one of my biggest guests, one of my friends, and a returning guest of the show, Brandon from Metallicast. Welcome back to the Deacon and Co. Show. Brandon, how are you? Hey, Deacon. How's it going, man? Thank you so much for having me back. Um, pleasure to be back. It was fun to come on before and talk Metallica, and you're kind enough to plug Metallicast and whatnot. So I appreciate the support. I appreciate the kind words. Ah, anytime, man. I Like I said in the last episode, and always, too, I always try to you know direct my fans. Uh, you're such a huge influence to me as someone who is a fan, and uh, sometimes that... When I'm sitting there listening to the show, I, I find myself like, you know, a weekly listener of your show. And I, I have other podcasts, too, that I that I tend to listen to and pay my dues to. But it's like when I'm sitting there, and, and it's not just subject to relate, you know, of the matter. It's the way you have your guests on and whatnot that keeps me drawn in. Of course, the subject is great. Of course, you know what you're talking about. But just the way that the guests that you have and the growth that you continue to have every episode, man, just proud of you. Really am. Oh, I appreciate that, man. It's uh it's definitely a passion and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a hobby, but it's a one I'm passionate about and, uh, it's, uh, a lot of work sometimes. So, oh yeah. <laughs> as you know, as you know, so, uh, you know, the, the podcast grind is real and, uh, but it's, it's, I have a lot of fun with it and, uh, it's a, my favorite part about doing it is just getting to meet other people like yourself and, uh, you know, have the opportunity to talk to people, whether it's on my show or on other podcasts. And that's the best part, just, you know, kind of getting that interaction with other Metallica fans and nerd out about the stuff that we love. Oh, yeah, definitely is. And, and just, too, uh, just to get each person's perspective and story of it, too, is just part of the thrill, too. I mean, I just never realized that, you know, like, everybody is connected by this one thing, and it's like, as soon as you mention that, hey, you're a Metallica fan, I just got cool in my eyes, and that's it. <laughs> that's the way it rolls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like on the the last episode I, I just put out, um, it was a cool crossover episode with another Metallica podcast, Speak and Destroy, and, uh, you know, he, he was talking about how, because there's several Metallica podcasts out there, and He's talking about how we're just kind of part of the Metallica family. He's like, I know that sounds cheesy. I was like, it is cheesy, but it, there is a truth to it. You know, there is a, sort of a brotherhood and a sisterhood. And, uh, you know, when you see other Metallica fans, when you're walking down the street and you see somebody wearing a Metallica T-shirt, you're instantly like, I feel like I know this guy. I like this guy. <laughs> we could yeah. we could hang out, drink some beers, have some wings, listen to some metal, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's so weird how that works. And uh, yeah, the episode, yeah, the last episode was great. Uh, guys, you can follow Brendan on all the majors as you would for me. There's Instagram Metallicast and Twitter Metallicast. So get him on there. Definitely check him out if you haven't already. And I do know that a large large portion of my audience loves you, man, and they just keep listening. And they're like, did you listen to Brandon's new episode yet? I'm like, dude, I'm way ahead. Yeah. <laughs> first thing Monday morning, dude, it's the first thing I start off with the podcast is, uh, you know, I get into you, the man. weeks. And, and these guys, they just they love it too. But um, speaking of, you know, interacting with people and, and meeting, you know, people, in, you know, especially in the Metallica world and um, – one of our good friends uh, celebrated birthday this week. I wanted to give him a shout-out, Brandon. Happy birthday to Ralph Savetto. 
So Ooh, I wanted yeah. to make sure that Ralph I did that. Yeah. Thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely good people. Uh, Ralph uh, also is going to be coming on again in the future. He, him and I had such a great chat there. Yeah. And uh, also, too, to one of my uh, good friends, uh, lead singer of Acid Rain, Howard. Happy birthday to you, man. I really hope you enjoyed it. And both of you guys, hope you're still staying safe and everything else. Uh, Brendan, let's get into a quick sports update real quick, and then we'll talk about what we came to talk about today. Uh, mm-hmm. Tonight, we got some basketball going on. We got the Bucks and the Hawks. Uh, in Atlanta, the Warriors and the Cavs are playing in Cleveland. The Suns are playing the Kings at home in Phoenix. And the big one of the night, two dates a year that every Laker fan that bleeds purple and gold like myself circle on the calendar, <laughs> hosting the Boston Celtics tonight at 10 p.m. in Staples Center. Uh crazy thing about this, Brandon, is with the, everything going on with the playoff race and everything else, the – Lakers are actually going to have fans tonight uh, for the first time all season. It's going to be great. And uh, they've made an announcement that they're going to hoist the banner for the championship in May versus the Rockets. So, I mean, it's it's definitely moving, uh, you know, along in the way that I guess now we're going to share it with only 2,000 fans. And if you get a chance to see that, I'm going to tell you it's going to be something special. Oh, yeah. It, it's cool to see the, uh, you know, the fans trickling back in and, uh, uh some return to normalcy on the sports front of these. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's not – I think there's only now with the Lakers doing I think there's 18 or 19 stadiums in the NBA that are allowing fans, which slowly but, you know, they'll, like you said, they'll trickle in and they'll start, you know, and we'll get to where we got to be. And, you know, everything that has to get done with this vaccination process to keep everybody healthy – uh, I know that we mentioned earlier when we were speaking before the show about how they're doing an okay job of what they're doing outside of arenas and they're offering testing sites for rapid tests so that more fans can go. And I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I agree. Last thing on the basketball front tonight, Brandon, I wanted to just announce that I heard this afternoon that LaMarcus Aldridge is set to retire and he's been such a huge force for the Brooklyn Nets since they've acquired him. Uh, he's got a heart condition and he can no longer play basketball. So kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, that is a uh, it's rough. You know, whenever you hear of uh, somebody who does not go out on their own terms, you know, gets taken out by something like that, it's it's uh, it's always sad. Yeah, it definitely is. I really hope that he's okay and uh, that he gets a speedy recovery. Uh, you know, because I don't like to hear that stuff about anybody else too. Uh, in the hockey world tonight, we got the Rangers playing the Devils. Sabres are playing the Capitals, Rangers, I'm sorry, Flyers are playing the Penguins, Predators and the Hurricanes, Panthers and the Lightning, uh, Jets are playing in Toronto, actually winning that game now, it's going to be a great game uh, to finish that, Bruins are uh, playing Boston and the Boston Garden, Blackhawks are playing the Red Wings, and the Stars are finally ending the night with the Blue, uh, Blue Jackets coming to town. Uh, I yelled Rangers before when I was supposed to announce the Penguins because they just scored and the alert just came up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, wait, I just announced you guys. <laughs> Good for them. They need a win. They uh, they can actually sneak in. They're only a couple points behind Boston right now. But it's like the Islanders are in second place. Boston's in third, uh, or Boston's in fourth, rather. They're playing each other tonight. Who am I? You can't root for the Islanders, but you got to. You need to get in this playoff spot. <laughs> but craziness. Uh, the cool thing about last game when they played the Devils as well, three goals uh, a goal. The Rangers, for the organization, Brandon, have now scored 20,000 in the team's history. Oh, wow. So, pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, they've only been around since 1926. So, <laughs> the other, they are the fifth 
out of the six original teams to get to that mark. So it took us a little longer, but, you know, we're there. (laughs) (laughs) The last thing I want to bring up about sports for today, thoughts on this one, Brandon. The Washington football team announced that they are going to change the team's name in 2022. You need two years to think of a new name for a team? (laughs) I I mean, come on now. (laughs) At this point, at this point, just – just keep the Washington football team if that is the case, because <laughs> you know, and what are, what are they going to change it to? Like the Washington Football Club, you know, it's going to be like a subtle change that you're like, we waited two years for this. Yeah, like, it's just ridiculous. I mean, the name that I heard that they were going to choose before last season was the Washington Warriors. I mean, uh, I, I, I would go. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to do something, like if you're in D.C., I know they're playing in Maryland, but I think they should kind of do it something like maybe the Sentinels or, you know, something that has right. to do with the yeah. nation's capital or, you know, the sure. Warriors. A little weird. <laughs> yeah, it's a little – plus, you know, especially when you're coming from the Redskins to rebrand as the Warriors, it, it, that, that cannot be too PC either, you know, if you're <laughs> making that transfer – from that name to that name. So it's like, are you, are you just calling all Native Americans warriors now? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's probably, I, I just do not feel like, it's kind of a generic name, too. I just, uh, I I mean, maybe they do need till 2022 after all, if that's, if that's the rumor. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I never thought about it like that. But now, yeah, going from the Redskins <laughs> to the Warriors, now we're just being the nice and racist, you know? That's all. Right. <laughs> We're racist, but they're powerful warriors, so. Oh, yeah, just, just crazy. <laughs> uh, Brendan, WrestleMania 37 happened this week, and I've been looking yeah. for a couple of people that have, are wrestling fans. And when I'm listening yeah. to the show, I'm, i got to ask, because I'm sitting there, I'm like, Brendan, you, you can't be a wrestling fan making all these references. But I don't hear you guys talk about it in the show. So I <laughs> probably messaged you, I'm like, bro, are you, are you a wrestling fan? Because I want to tell the world what happened last year at WrestleMania. But uh, we'll recap this one first. Uh, what, what were the good matches this week? Because I, I knew that they had a, uh, you know, the big match was with the title um, and the uh, Universal Championship, too. How were those matches? Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty solid event. You know, WrestleMania is so freaking long uh on a typical year it will be a one night event but it'll be from like 5 p.m to like midnight or 12 30 it is a long ass event so <laughs> there's, there's a lot of good usually but it, you're like so wiped by the time the main event rolls around you're like I, I i just need to go to bed you think about you know how you have to wake up early in the morning and for work and you know, do the Monday grind. But the, the way they've done it the last couple of years since COVID, uh, which I actually prefer, is they make it a two-night event. It's three hours each night, so it's from like 8 to 11, which is a perfect amount of time. It breaks it up, so it never really drags on too long. And uh, I thought it was a pretty solid two nights of wrestling, as, uh, as they say. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's... There was really, there's definitely, it's still a three hours in a row, six hours total, and they make a whole week of it now that WWE does. So they have, and I, and I definitely did not watch all of it um, because it's, I, you know, (laughs) (laughs) family work and whatnot, you know, but, uh, but they do, they did Raw Monday, they did the Hall of Fame Tuesday, they did, uh, 
they have a third brand, NXT, and they did their takeover pay-per-view event Wednesday and Thursday. That was a two-night event. And then Friday, they do SmackDown. And then Saturday and Sunday was WrestleMania. Oh, and then wow. you know, and then Monday it starts all over again with Raw. You know, they never have a break; they never let up. So it's impressive, but also exhausting. God bless anybody who soldiers through and watches everything every single night because that's that's a lot. But I personally, I, I I like the NXT stuff that they put on a lot. So I actually watched both nights of Takeover, and then I watched both nights of WrestleMania. And I mean, I've not watched four nights of wrestling in a week in maybe forever. So, <laughs> so it, it was a lot. But uh, but with that said, WrestleMania was a solid show. It, uh, you know, there was definitely matches that I kind of found myself tuning out of here or there just because of it, it was so much wrestling in the week. Uh, it was, but uh, some standouts, I would say, was um, – the universal title match that you mentioned was a, a triple threat. That was a real highlight. It was really good. It was a great way to end the whole event. Um, it was Roman Reigns, who's probably doing his best work as a wrestler right now, um, against Daniel Bryan and Edge, um, who are two legends of the business. And uh, they put on a phenomenal show. It was They told a good story. It was uh, hard-hitting. It was action-packed. It was everything you want in a WrestleMania main event, and it was uh, uh, it, Roman Reigns ended up winning and retaining, and uh, I, I personally was cool with that, but uh, I know other people, other wrestling nerds were like, oh, how could he win? Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> but that is the thrill of wrestling. You know, you, you uh, cheer and boo and get upset over uh, pre-planned scripted fight so i mean that's the beauty of it <laughs> <laughs> i've only gone to like a handful of these events and uh i gotta tell you that like the events i went to were cool but like yeah. behind the scenes of that stuff it was just kind of like if i didn't if i wasn't watching the events um like i went to a, a tables ladders and chairs pay-per-view event so, like, if I wasn't watching that where every match somebody was getting thrown off a ladder or through a table, I don't know if I'd be able to tolerate, like, them, like, fake slapping each other and having somebody ring the bell yeah. and that kind of thing. But um, I do like the fact that they are able to hold such a, a great fan base and, uh, you know, a lot of people really, really do enjoy it. Uh, what about the other match that we were talking about, the WWE title? Because I heard this one wasn't as good as the Universal title. Yeah, the WWE Championship match opened night one, so like the whole event was sandwiched by the two world title matches. It was a good, hard-hitting match for what it was, but you know it's not something that's going to be uh, remembered, you know, a month from now. It was not. It was not a bad match by any means. It's just you know, it just sort of was what it was. It served its purpose. I thought. Did not think it was bad. Did not think it was anything too special. Probably the highlight of night one was uh well the main event was really good you had uh, uh a woman's match and it was for uh it was a good match but for historical purposes it was really cool because you had two african-american women main eventing night one of wrestlemania which has never done before they've only had one woman main event ever in the history of wrestlemania so this was only the second woman main event and then for it to be Two African-American and a woman in that spot was uh, pretty cool. And uh, they put on a great show. 
And uh, that was between Sasha Banks and uh, Bianca Belair. And Bianca Belair ended up winning, which sort of elevates her like to that next star level there in the WWE. So that was a cool moment. And then, you know, actually was sort of a sort of a show stealer was uh, Bad Bunny. Do you know Bad Bunny? I do. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, only in wrestling can Bad Bunny have a have a, a match at WrestleMania, and uh, he actually was not too bad. He, he was kind of a show stealer. He, he, he you know, he's a uh, he's by all reports, I guess, a big fan of. Uh, the business and he put in the work and he he was able to put on a good show. So kudos to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, unfortunately, every time I just, every time I hear it and I, I happen to watch only like five channels and he's always got that commercial with Snoop Dogg on the beach where it's like, no, 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 it's Playa. <laughs> so I said, I said one day, I'm like, who the fuck is this bad bunny guy? Like who, 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 oh, yeah. who is he? So then I started following him and I was like, oh, all right, cool. But I didn't know he was wrestling. <laughs> well, gotta be, I got to check that out. <laughs> it's funny because he showed up like a few months back at the Royal Rumble, which is like another big WWE pay-per-view, which starts what's called like WrestleMania season. You know, that's like the the winner of the Royal Rumble gets the title shot main event at WrestleMania. So it was like the start of WrestleMania season. And uh, he showed up, and I literally had no clue who he was. Never heard of him before. And uh, since then, he's, like, all I hear about. Like, he's at the Grammy Awards. He was on SNL. He's, like, <laughs> in this commercial. He's all over wrestling. And I was like, who the F is this guy? <laughs> like, he I, – I, and, I, you know, it's just a sign of my age. Apparently, a lot of other people knew who he was, but – and it's not my type of music, and I'm, you know, not his demographic. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, so I was very confused. But now all I hear is Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny. And, and it's not just from it's not just from wrestling. He's like, this guy's everywhere. I mean, good for him, you know? Make your money. <laughs> yeah, Royal Rumble is definitely a fun event, too. I've seen one of those live, too. And it's just like the, the just the suspension of you not knowing who's coming out is the coolest part about it. Oh yeah, it's it's uh that's really fun and then, you know, they have like it's supposed to be like a set time between all the guys but you know, it's all planned so obviously so they you know it, the the joke among the nerds is it's like uh WWE time, you know, they, they rush it or slow it down as much as they want to build the drama <laughs> or suspense or fill time or whatever. Uh but it was weird this year because you know the part of the fun of wrestling is like with the, you get the 10 second timer before the next guy comes out and everybody counts along. And, but there was no, there was no crowd there, you know, cause of COVID. So the, the cool part about WrestleMania was that there was fans in attendance. Obviously it was a limited capacity, but they were at a uh, Raymond James stadium where uh, my beloved Tom Brady now calls home, which is uh, <laughs> a little heartbreaking to say, you know, especially since he, uh, you know, won the Super Bowl, which I was happy for, but it was a little bittersweet. But, you know, that's a whole other story. But, you know, the, but it was cool to have fans there in attendance and have it uh, kind of look and feel a little bit more normal. And um, I think for the wrestlers themselves, too, it was kind of an emotional moment to be back in front of a crowd. So it was cool for them, I think. Oh, nice. That's the first time that they, oh, a crowd was present for any type of match so far? Yeah, so they only they awesome. what they've done for an audience before is like they basically they basically have <laughs> they call it the Thunderdome, no joke. 
and uh, they have uh, it's basically a a mini arena slash TV studio that they've built for COVID. So there might be people if they have people in the audience, it's like people who are under contract to the WWE, and it's like one row of people, you know. It's not gotcha. like real fans of capacity. Then they have like a virtual wall where you can, you know, basically get zoomed in and maybe see your face on a screen. So, I mean, there is like a, an audience part, but it's not like having a true audience there in attendance. So this was the first time they were actually able to be in front of like a, a significant group of actual fans in well, that's person. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Now, I'm sure they were a little, you know, breathtaking too. Wait, like I haven't seen anybody in like a year. So yeah, this yeah, has got to be, they, let's put on the best show we can. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they, you know, it, it's all about the pageantry and showmanship, you know, of course. So they start off uh, night one and Vince McMahon comes out and, you know, addresses sort of the pandemic and, you know, how they're so happy to have people back. And behind them is the whole WrestleMania stage. It's basically like every male and female wrestler there is behind him. And, uh, you know, there were real tears there from some of them. You know, they would show close-ups and they're, they're choked up. They're moved because it's, you know, what they do for a living. And, you know, they it in WrestleMania alone is such a big moment for them. And it's, it's you know, the biggest stage that they – perform on all year and for so for it to be like the return in front of an actual crowd i think was uh really cool for them yeah i i can only imagine now Brendan, do you have a favorite wrestlemania memory or match uh let's see um it would definitely be something from my childhood like i i'm obviously still a fan i'm still uh you know i still follow it but i'm not the guy who watches WWE every week. Um, I, in fact, I, I I could not tell you the last time I've watched like Raw or SmackDown. It's been it's been months at the very least. Um, but I, I, I still tune into the pay per views a lot of the times, especially since they're nine ninety nine a month on the WWE Network, and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and. Uh, so I usually tune into the pay-per-views, and I and like I said, I like NXT, which is a show that they put on once a week. So I do watch that, but the Raw SmackDown stuff, I, I really just kind of, I, I don't think I'm really like the demographic for it anymore. You know, I'm a, it's, it, I think I'm sort of aging out of that. Um, but uh, with that said, my favorite memory would probably be something from when I was younger, and if I the first thing that pops in my brain, and maybe down. Uh, you know, when I'm done recording, I should be like, oh, I should have said this one. But the first <laughs> thing that pops in my brain is uh, WrestleMania 13. Um, it was, uh, it which is not an historically good WrestleMania. It, it, there's a lot of, uh, uh, that was kind of crappy stuff on there. Um, but, <laughs> but there was one match that really stood out, and that was uh, Brett the Hitman Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, and Bret Hart was the big baby face, as they call him, the good guy. And Stone Cold Steve Austin was the heel. And he was not the Stone Cold Steve Austin you know now where, like, he's, you know, in a commercial with Ice-T and, uh, <laughs> and doing all this stuff. You know, he, he was still up and coming. So this was, like, his first 
big moment, and it was uh, an I Quit match, and uh, Ken Shamrock, from you know legendary UFC fighter, who also had a, a wrestling career, but he uh, at this time he was just known as a UFC guy. He was like the special referee enforcer, and uh, so anyways, it 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 ends with uh, Bret Hart um, is has a uh his sharpshooter submission finisher on Stone Cold and uh Stone Cold is gushing blood down his face and they there's a very famous like video photo of him they show a close up of his face and he's screaming in agony there's blood dripping down and then he you know never says I quit he just passes out and uh Bret Hart wins the match, but Stone Cold is made like a star because they never said I quit. Bret Hart made look like a million bucks, and then they were able to kind of do like a what's called like a double switch, where Bret Hart the good guy turns bad and Stone Cold the bad guy turns good, and then that sort of started the whole Stone Cold thing that carried them into you know years, years ago. of success. <laughs> that was and, and that was like you know my middle school high school years, so. That is, uh, uh, you know, a, a part of wrestling that I'm really familiar with and most fond of in a lot of ways. So that's the moment that comes to mind first, probably. That's awesome. Uh, I'm in the same boat in that sense of, like, I was a fan for a short time, um, probably from, like, 9 to 14, maybe a little, maybe after, yeah, 14 was probably the, like my cutoff because I got involved in uh, playing sports uh, double leagues for three seasons out of the four, so I didn't really have time to keep up much with the, uh, and much after that, but WrestleMania 15, the Rock and Stone Cold, uh, Steve won that one too, uh, but that's definitely, definitely my favorite WrestleMania moment. There has been so many good ones. Right before that was uh, Steel Cage with The Undertaker and the Big Boss Man. Like, those were the days of, you know, Steel Cage matches, the Elimination Chamber is another great one, yeah. uh, the WCW Cage with the three terrors, uh, three levels of doom. That was that was probably the best cage ever. <laughs> but uh, yeah. were you more of, like, a WWF guy or more of a WCW guy growing up? I, I I was definitely more of a WWF guy because they were, you know, New England, New York based. I was always born and raised in the Northeast. So we just had more exposure to it. Like we would always have, uh, you know, WWE TV, pay-per-view, house shows, live events, like all around us all the time growing up. And WWE was more, uh, before they really exploded with like, you know, after they got Hulk Hogan and a bunch of big names and had, like, the New World Order, before they kind of exploded with all of that, they were more based in the South and Georgia and uh, and whatnot. So we just, up until they exploded and kind of ran away uh, with some success of their own in, like, the mid-'90s, late-'90s, they, you know, just were not really around uh, my area as much in terms of live events. So, like, I always liked WWE. I always enjoyed it. Um, but WWF was always my, uh, my favorite, um, be- just because it was my first exposure and the thing I was most exposed to, uh, growing up. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I imagine that a lot of those guys being like with the Turner Broadcast South, they probably were just based out of just 
you know, what they had locally and whatnot. And it just makes me laugh because, like, has, like probably something like that movie Ready to Rumble really probably happened. <laughs> like, I can, I can just see something like that really honestly happening, and then they exploded. <laughs> but I uh, mentioned about that match with The Rock and Stone Cold. Those guys are my two favorite. Always been a fan of both of them. Always, I mean, there's nothing better than seeing Stone Cold drive a beer truck into the arena and start oh, taking yeah. a fire hose. Yeah, those are the good old days. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing that like entertaining on it anymore. You know, it's just sort of like, oh, okay, there's another guy there. I, I want, I want the days of the beer truck. You know. Oh yeah, it definitely is. Um, <laughs> those those guys out there that they they give you like you said they have they don't get breaks and stuff like that. So like every time that obviously somebody got hurt, if they really didn't get hurt, I guess they're assuming that they're taking their vacation. <laughs> oh, Joe, what is, those guys are really the premier athletes when you think about it of having to stay in shape and you know do all oh, that yeah, but yeah. who would you say is uh your favorite or one of your favorites and it's tough to put down if you're a fan it's tough to say you know this guy's my absolute favorite but looking back on it it's like you, you love the guys that that shine the most and sold the most or whatnot but sometimes you don't you know so who would you say yeah uh, I don't know if I can pick like an absolute favorite, but I'll, I guess I'll name a few, you know, like my, my, I got into wrestling because my older brother was into wrestling and then he kind of got me into it. And his all time favorite is Ric Flair. And it's hard to deny Ric Flair being the best of all time. Cause he was just so good in the ring. He was so good on the mic and he's, he's like, you know, the old school wrestler that everybody knows. Everybody yeah. knows. Everybody knows the woo. Everybody knows like ev- the robes and the catchphrases <laughs> and everything about that. And he was just so entertaining. And he, I mean, he he was putting in good matches till he was an old man finishing up in the WWE. So he, he he's definitely up there. Um, I think you know the best probably uh, wrestler in the ring when I was growing up was Shawn Michaels. And uh, he just had so many classic matches against Bret Hart and then, you know, later on against uh, The Undertaker at WrestleMania and stuff. And so I, as far as, like, in-ring work, I'd probably put him near the top of the list. Um, in terms of, like, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm kind of all over the place. It's, you know, I, I always was a fan of the bad guys, though. I never really <laughs> got into the good guys. Like, I don't want you to clap my hand and smile. I want you to, you know, tell me to go F myself and beat the shit out of your phone. <laughs> <laughs> that was That's always great. what I was into, you know. So, like, if if you were a good guy I was into, you had to ha- be, like, kind of like a stone cold where you had some, uh, yeah, you had an edge to you, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's so funny. Uh, one year ago, they were still in the same place over there, uh, Raymond James, and some craziness happened there. And I figured I would ask you, because you were the one that I would go to with this question, uh, Metallica and WrestleMania collided. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, it was uh, – so – Metallica has been their music has been used a lot in the WWE over the years for like pay per views and whatnot. Uh, probably because Triple H, who helps, who's uh, higher up in the WWE now, is a massive metalhead. He's a huge metalhead. He loves Metallica and all those type of bands. Um, oh, definitely Motorhead. 
Oh yeah, huge more. I mean, they did his uh, entrance music and everything. So, oh yeah. Um, so uh, last year, so it was supposed to be at Raymond James Stadium last year, and then because of COVID, it was shut down. They were not in the stadium, and they ended up basically doing it in front of no fans in at their uh, what's called their performance center, which is basically their training facility in a uh, in Orlando, Florida, and uh, it was. And so it was a really weird WrestleMania because it was a WrestleMania without a crowd. Because this was, uh, COVID was like in the lockdowns were only a few weeks old or uh, when WrestleMania happened last year. And uh, there was talk about WrestleMania not even happening. It was, you know, in danger of it being canceled altogether. But, you know, Vince McMahon was not going to <laughs> that happen. Um, so they... Uh, they did it at the, you know, at the inf- without a crowd at their performance center. It was really weird, um, and uh, the story is that Metallica was supposed to perform, but I guess because of uh, COVID and the relocation, it just did not come to fruition. And then, uh, but they did use so the Undertaker had a match against AJ Styles and. Uh, it was sort of like uh, uh, what's called a cinematic match, where it's not like an in-ring match. It's like pre-shot. It's like uh, it's kind. It, it's definitely like over-the-top, cheesy, like cemetery backyard type, like movie fight. But it, was, it as cheesy as it was, it was very entertaining. But they used uh, "Now That We're Dead" for uh, by Metallica for that uh, to accompany the Undertaker. Um, and and I guess the story was they were supposed to perform that live as like his live entrance, but uh, yeah, that did not happen. But we got the song at least, and and, and the good part was that you know whenever they showed a, a video of the Undertaker and of that match, that it was that, that song accompanied it, so it was uh, it was very much uh, all over TV last year with WWE. Oh, that's awesome! I, I see now for my experience from seeing from what I could remember and doing, you know, doing a little research. There's been so many people that have used some of the big ones, as you mentioned, The Undertaker, Rhino um, from ECW, uh, Triple H, and they had, you know, used uh, Fuel for Whom the Bell Tolls, Master of Puppets, and Now That We're Dead. So now for them yeah. to do that for The Undertaker live, I was more of kind of a thing like, Metallica was not upset. They were very humble that they were offered to be on that grand stage, um, yeah. you know, because of the whole Super Bowl situation, which was actually really bullshit. Uh, I'm sure you <laughs> know about that too. Like, oh yeah, we're uh, not yeah. family friendly to play at the Super Bowl. Like, that's a joke. Well, you know the whole uh, petition that started um, for Metallica to get them to be the halftime show at. The Super Bowl, there was an online petition start, and that was started by Jason Long, who's a, a friend of Metallica and has been on the show. Um, and uh, he's a really nice guy. And, uh, and it, it, obviously, the petition never led to them being the halftime show, but it did lead to the, the night before. Do you remember the night before? Were you there? Were you, were, you, were you at yeah. that concert? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I had no interest in doing, um, going to the actual game itself. 
Yeah. So, like, my interpretation was I went around and I kind of, like, opened my mouth when I shouldn't have. And I said, you know, I'm going to this because Metallica is doing the halftime show. It's in San Francisco. It's at a new stadium. There's no fucking way they're not going to do it. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, are you kidding? I didn't go to the game. I literally was back home at 6 p.m. eating wings right before kickoff. So that's like that literally. Right after there, caught the red eye back home. I was there only for two days. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, man, I could have been at the Super Bowl seeing my favorite band. And I'm not, at this time, I'm not. And I know it sounds crazy for me to say this, but at this time, I'm not as crazy of a Metallica fan as I am. You asked me to do what I did again, no doubt I'm going to be out there to see a show like that again. (laughs) But what I've said to you, like when I heard it, like when I heard the music, and especially too going there, I was just like, I don't really see what you couldn't have put that couldn't have been family friendly. Like, especially too, he called out several times, he being James Hetfield, like, who needs the fucking Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. But, you know, one of those situations for them to be on a grand stage, I really wish that they would do the Super Bowl or wish that they could do, yeah. um, you know, WrestleMania because those type of things, you know, I really, you know, I would find a way to get there you know, going in the situation. Like, I used to have a friend who got tickets to the Super Bowl. His dad got eight tickets every year. He sold me four. But mm-hmm. since the pandemic, nobody really is able to get tickets like that. Even being a season ticket holder, like, they're not giving you, you know, the option to buy. They're only giving you to get, like, little three-game plans. And I guess it really depends right. on what stadium and your location is. But they're not yeah. offering tickets like that. Because you think about it, if you have a limited capacity of people to sit at, you know, these venues right now, it's not fair to just give it to the season ticket holders. You have to just release them to the general public on a first yeah. grab, first come serve. Sure, yeah. So, but I had some crazy, crazy shit going on the last couple of days. And it's just, and for whatever reason, I don't know why, it's just every time that I know I got somebody who appreciates crazy stories, coming on the show stuff happens and like really crazy stuff but i got two geniuses of the week i had four but i said i gotta narrow it down and save two so i'm gonna give you the best two that i think you'll enjoy all right first one is you ready so we got this we got this and this is this is literally brandon this has to be maybe with four minutes from my house with no traffic the name of this place is called um Vintage Blast from the Past, and this is in Bayshore, New York, okay? Okay. So the other day, two individuals with masks on, uh, you know, face shields and some goggles were caught on camera walking off in broad daylight with a stormtrooper that was 10 foot tall. <laughs> how? Seriously, how, how does one in the broad daylight just walk with a stormtrooper? They got them on camera. They have not caught them yet, and the thing's valued only at five hundred dollars. Right. Yeah, but it's ten foot tall, dude. Like, <laughs> hats off, to you. Like, really? You know what you? You know what else you could see on camera though? Their balls. That, that that's a ballsy move right there. That's a ballsy move. Definitely too. I mean, I just I found that, and I I wait. I don't watch the news. So I was watching, uh, what was it, the other night. It was the uh, prime time the Lakers were playing the Nets. And yeah. I they said they showed this little clip, but they, they're good marketing because they, they knew that somebody like me was not going to turn around and they, they were not going to miss something like that. So I watched the whole hour of news for them to give me the 30-second update of what actually happened. 
<laughs> craziness. So the second one comes this afternoon. This one actually happened. And we had a really, really rainy day here. So a lot of the crazy things that I've had so far that come on for Genius of the Week, these people have come from the laundromat that I go to. So they're just really, really shady place. People in there are super nice, but they have a lot of problems in there. So I figured, like, all right, it's a rainy day. No one's going to really be out doing their laundry today. So I got there at a good time before it started to get crowded. So I'm sitting in my car, and I'm looking just straight ahead, writing a text to somebody. And all of a sudden, this woman in a Chrysler Pacifica makes a a right-hand turn into the parking lot. And then there's, like, a couple of, I guess, metal bars or barriers that – stand out so they don't feel nobody hits the building. This lady cuts the turn to make the right, runs over the curb, rips her bumper off the curb. I open the window just to look yeah. what happened because this was so right. loud. She goes, hey, why didn't you warn me that was going to happen? <laughs> I just looked at her. How am I going to warn you when I'm not even looking what you're doing? So she picks up, she picks up the bumper, puts it in the back of her car, goes inside and does her laundry. So she's my other genius of the week. I mean, I can't make this shit wow. up. I mean, this this is really how it how it goes wow. down. Yeah, just crazy on that. But we're going to get now. <laughs> uh, getting into to rapids, man. These are these are always fun. I I loved the last time when we did it because we always had a, a, a good talk about it. Um, Hall of Fame 2021 update. Now I know a lot of people really don't you know are concerned about this. And, you know, like they don't care or whatnot. But to me, it's a big deal because every time that I get someone on that I tell, like, we're telling stories or whatever, and, like, I hate to be that guy who one-ups somebody. I do have a lot of cool stories, but I don't have the coolest story. And that coolest story belongs to you. So every time that I tell somebody about, like, their cool story, I'm like, dude, my buddy Brandon, he went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And you know what he told me? He was like, uh yeah, you know, I went. Like, nothing. Like, it was nothing. That's got to be the biggest event. I would straight things to get there. But uh, that's why I want to make sure that it's a big deal um, for me because I, if, if Iron Maiden does get inducted in, I definitely want to go see Maiden if, I, if available. And, you know, yeah. if it's a limited amount of people, I'll do whatever I can to get there. So yeah. on an update with that, have you heard uh, who's the leading vote getter right now? I, I have not. I, I I heard the you know the list of nominees. I know that uh, Iron Maiden was finally up for uh, nomination to be inducted, but I've not heard the latest in terms of uh, where everybody stands. All right. So in, I'll, I'll give you. I'll tell you. I, it was surprising to me, but I'm going to give you the top five, and then I'll tell you after that because I think this is. And, and right now. Uh, it's pretty close between one and two, which is very surprising to me. So number one is Tina Turner. She's got the leading amount of votes. Okay. Then Fila Cootie, the Go-Go's, and then fourth is Iron Maiden. Wow. So I'm kind of – I'm hoping that this – I mean, they got another month. I'm I'm voting mine every single day. Uh, Foo Fighters are right behind Iron Maiden. And then Carol King, Todd Rundgren, Devo – Dionne Warwick, Shaka Khan, Rage Against the Machine, Kate Bush, New York Dolls, Mary J. Blige, uh, LL Cool Day, and uh, under 100,000 votes, Jay-Z. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it. So, you know, it's not the end-all, be-all with the fan vote. 
for better or for worse. You know, I, I, I would love to see Iron Man get in. They're more than deserving. Uh, they, you know, definitely deserve it. But uh, to be honest, I'd be a little surprised if they get in just because of the lack of love heavy metal gets sometimes. You know, you have the exceptions like uh, our boys in Metallica. They've sort of been able to, to transcend. And, uh, you know, Black Sabbath gets the love because they're the godfathers. But when it comes to everybody else, it's like it, you never know what kind of respect and love is going to be shown to them. Sometimes there's a lot, and sometimes the mainstream's just sort of like poo-poo on that metal stuff, you know? Yeah, it's tough. I, I'd like to see them get in because, I mean, like, again, like a lot of these people, um, even though they get nominated for a first time, they've been they've been eligible since 2002, 2000, uh, 2004, 2002 for Motorhead. And even yeah. Motorhead, too, well-deserved to be in there. But I do agree with you on that point because – you know, a lot of these people think that this metal stuff is bad, but I don't know. <laughs> I happen to love it. Now, Brandon, off-season moves, rapid number two here for New England. You happy with yeah. them? Because I tell you, if I'm a New England fan, I'm jumping for joy right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, very unexpected, right? It's not the typical way the Patriots and Bill Belichick do business in the off-season. Um but you know, I I think Bill Belichick did not like going seven and nine last year, which was a disappointing season for us spoiled Patriots fans to say the least. Um, you know, they, we made some big moves in the offseason. We spent some money, which is not something we typically do, and uh, we 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 I think we picked up a lot of solid players that will help us a lot on both offense and defense. But we especially needed an offense. I mean, it was hard to has my hold on to a ball last year. It was it was pretty dire in terms of uh I, I know somebody's listening to this and they're like, dude, I've you have no clue what you're talking about. Like I've been a I'm a Jets fan, you know. But, <laughs> you know, but like I, I know we're coming off like the greatest twenty year run in the history of football. I understand that. That's why I said we're a spoiled fan base. But uh, you know, we're we're Used under Belichick to be uh, to be winning, so to not even make the the playoffs is uh, hugely disappointing. And you know, I was very happy for Brady and for Gronk on the Bucks, but like I said, it was bittersweet, especially when our season ended uh, prematurely. We always like to brag in New England that our season does not start till January, and uh, our season was <laughs> over long before January last year. Um, I, I would say my my one area of concern right now is still QB. Um, And I think Cam Newton, I think he has skill. I think he has a lot of heart and a lot of passion. And, uh, uh, but I just do not think he is uh, the man to lead this franchise. I I hope he proves me wrong, especially now that he has weapons. I, I also understand that last year he really did not have any weapons. One weapon, Julian Edelman was out for yeah. you know most of the season, um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what he does. But obviously, Cam's also getting up there. He's not the future of this franchise. So I, I'm looking forward. I was kind of hoping they would pick somebody else up, and now the draft is right around the corner. So uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they draft. I, I, I gotta think that they gotta get a young QB in there. Which if they if they get a young QB, that's exciting. 
uh, or an exciting prospect. Um, I, I'm all for keeping Cam for another year um, and having him learn under Cam Newton, who's a, a, a great veteran QB, you know, been to the Super Bowl. He's, he's, uh, he has definitely a lot of experience to learn from. But if my choices are, again, Cam Newton and Jarrett Stedham, uh, that's very unexciting, and uh, <laughs> and and I and I'm telling you right now, there's even with those weapons, even with a solid defense, there's I I, I I'm not going into the season feeling like we're gonna make a a playoff run. That's for sure. Uh, I agree with you in the sense of that he did not have any weapons. I think Cam is a very talented player, and the system that he had that he was running last year was similar to something that he did in college. So I hope that, you know, for Pats fans everywhere, I got a lot of Pats fans that listen to the the touchdown report and I live with a Pats fan. So I want to thank you for not um, texting me and breaking my balls on the two (laughs) games that you guys defeated us this year. The first one, I'm really surprised you didn't text me. We didn't talk about it until we spoke, but the Chargers lost at home, 45 nothing. okay? And it, it, it was 35 nothing at the half. And I just looked and I said, well, Charger football, we making a comeback? And, yeah, we made a comeback right to the uh, locker room after the game. Didn't even come out at halftime. I don't know who was playing the game. 45 nothing was an embarrassment, but uh, – the way that the Chargers ended it last year, I think that they're up and coming. And I think that even though losing a better player and giving you guys uh, Hunter Henry, um, he really yeah. will do a lot for you guys when it comes to catching the ball. And uh, he's not—he's my second favorite tight end in Charger history. Hats off to Antonio Gates. You guys are going to miss Edelman with him retiring. But yeah. I think you guys are going to find a way. Uh, I don't, I'm not on board with this Miami situation. And even with 17 games, I'll tell you this right now, now that they approved it and it's going to start this year, if we had, if you had 17 games, I, I think you guys still might have had a chance, uh, you know, to make the playoffs, uh, you know, because the teams that even got in, the Dolphins, the Raiders, I mean, that missed those games by the end. I mean, Miami has no business playing there. I, I, I don't care what anybody says. I'm not behind this guy. <laughs> Tua, you know, I, I mean, I, I hate Miami and Dallas more than any two teams. So, like, when I yeah. turned around tonight and they wanted, the Chargers wanted Tua. And last year when he, they turned around and they didn't get him, I was, like, so angry. And then I was like, all right, well, here we go. I know a little bit about Herbert, and now let's see what he's got. And, I mean, he just, he, he lit up Mahomes in that game that they lost in week two, his first oh, yeah, start. yeah. And they got he got luck. Mahomes got lucky and came back. But uh, I mean, he's gonna be, he's gonna be something to be reckoned with. And I think that we'll see uh, definitely the Chargers uh, make a good run this year. And like, I wouldn't be worried to be a Patriots fan. I really wouldn't, especially with you have the best coach that ever lived. There's nothing more to it, regardless of what anyone wants to say. <laughs> well, you know, and there are a lot of uh, exciting prospects out there, like you mentioned. Uh, uh, you know, we we went from no tight end basically to. We got two yeah. solid tight ends now, you know, and uh, we we made some good moves at wide receiver. We, you know, sent, uh, made some good defensive moves. We got Kyle Van Noy back, who's uh, you know Super Bowl champion with us and stuff. Yeah. So Big I am, uh, I am, uh, you know, I I'm optimistic. I I also think you know, I, I I'm not. Sh- I I just am. Cam Newton in the QB is the big question mark, uh, but I I if I think you know he he's gonna know the system better this year. He's gonna have that full off season 
with the Patriots staff and with the new players, and he's gonna he's gonna have weapons to throw to, and you know it's just so I I'm I'm gonna stay optimistic, but I, it's just hard for me to uh, think that uh, you know like with Cam Newton if he's starting this whole season. Like, he's not the future of the franchise. So if he's not going to get us a Super Bowl, I'm like, why? 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 I, I, don't, yeah. I don't need I get to it. make the playoffs and be one and done with, you know? Yeah. So, like, I, I, I need uh, – I want – I just want uh, more direction with our quarterback situation. And, and maybe after the draft we will, you know? I, I There were some rumblings, you know, maybe with – Jimmy Garoppolo coming back. So not that I think he's necessarily the answer either with the way he's been banged up and injured, but uh, you know, none of that stuff seems like it's going to happen at this point. So at the, uh, hopefully we get somebody exciting and young and promising uh, that can learn. And uh, you know, we, if, if that's the case and we, you know, make, even if it's this wild card, I'd, I'd be more than happy with that. And then we can look forward to the future. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, just, you know, it's tough for anyone who is coming in to be New England's quarterback to be New England's quarterback. Yeah, I mean, anybody who came in there was kind of doomed to fail, unless if they just, unless if it was like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, which (laughs) the the Brady's and Mahomes are, you know, a rare breed. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Definitely are. Definitely are. Now, I got a question for you, and this one was a, a late addition to the uh, script over here. I just found this out this afternoon, uh, and it warms my heart to do this, uh, to hear this, and it's pretty big. Michael Jordan to induct Kobe Bryant into the Basketball Hall of Fame. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? I mean, I, I saw that uh, on Twitter not long before we started recording, and uh I think that's phenomenal. You know, Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. Uh, uh, there's just no denying the impact and, and talent of both those men. And uh, I, I just what an ultimate honor for uh, the Bryan family too, you know, and just uh, the ultimate way to pay tribute to that legacy, having the, who, who I would say is the greatest of all time induct you. And, uh, it, 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 I, I, I think that's phenomenal. I think that will be uh, a, a for any sports fan uh, a tough watch, but a, a must watch. Definitely. And the first thing that Mrs. Deacon asked me was, uh, "You're you going to be able to handle that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hit the nail on the head. The best, uh, you know, top four athlete that ever lived, the best basketball player that ever lived, and a lot of people make the argument about LeBron. I love what LeBron's doing in L.A. Um, I think him missing time now is a little controversy because of the Space Jam movie being filmed and the short offseason. But I can't, I'm not going to keep saying that out loud. But for it to have somebody who even many times on public record made this known, like if anybody needs to be compared to me, it's Kobe. Yeah. And that's that's just the crazy thing about it, uh, you know, with him. But uh, as we were just speaking about that, it's funny that they had this uh, they had just had this breaking news come through that they uh, Anthony Davis is closer to returning. A lot of people that uh, interact with me, they ask me the question of if I'm worried about what's going to happen, like with the injuries in the system. Now I'm not going to really get so worried about this situation with the Lakers. They're in fifth place, and uh, they basically have stayed above 500 without Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So they have enough 
to hold the team together, maybe to scrape scrape a couple wins left. But I just got to note that Anthony Davis might be back on Saturday versus the Jazz. So definitely going to be, um, you know, a great you know comeback for him to be back and help us out there. But making a run here, what do you, what do you think? You see, you see anybody in the East that is outstanding to you? Because I know I know you're not too big of a follower on the basketball, but when it comes to you know the Eastern Conference, I always uh, you know think it's a joke, but they're actually pretty good this year. Yeah, I mean uh, the you know it, the thing is with both basketball and baseball, it's so <clears throat> hard to make a call because the season's so long, right? So it's like the best team in baseball now could be you know could be middle of the pack or last place by August when we're getting ready to gear up for the playoffs. I kind of view basketball the same way, you know? Um, yeah. And I, if, if I'm a pretty casual basketball fan right now. Um, there was a time when I was a lot more into it. Um, if I have to declare a fan, I, I know I'm a New England boy, so I got to go with the Celtics <laughs> who are, but it, the Celtics are on a little bit of a streak right now. The, the, we're middle of the pack there, but you know, I would love to see them kind of continue with that momentum and run away with it. And, uh, you know, I hate to say it, Deacon, but a win over the Lakers tonight would be a a, a nice jump in that direction. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I would love to see them kind of take the ball and, uh, and keep on rolling forward. Will they? Uh, you know, who knows? But I, I think, you know, the Lakers are going to be in a good place. Um, especially when uh, LeBron James decides he is done uh, filming Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> we got another one. Yes, I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not a LeBron James fan. I'm not a LeBron James fan. I, I, I respect the man. I think he is an incredibly talented basketball player. But, uh, you know, like the when people talk about Michael Jordan and LeBron James, I'm, I, if, I, I would have a lot more respect for LeBron James if he just, like, I stayed, stay with the team, build the franchise, you know, like the way Jordan did it, the way Brady did it in the NFL, you know, like it, it, I, I don't know. I could, I could go on, but and I won't, but it, I, I respect the, I respect the player uh, in terms of his skill, but uh, I'm not a LeBron James fan. I think he's just a, uh, kind of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> My whole Instagram pre-LeBron was just shit like of him standing next to a car like, yeah, you know it's automatic because I do nothing clutch. So I've been hating on this guy. For so how, how are you dealing with this? Because now he's on your team and you win a championship. So it's not like you know, I, I feel like it would be easier for you if they sucked last year. I'd be like, oh, because you can blame him, right? You can blame <laughs> you can blame him, but then you guys win the championship again, and now it's like, oh, so like, well, yeah. how do you, how do you feel about this? Well, how uh, it's tough to be honest with you because I I've gone on many times, like even going to the Olympics, you know, asking people asking me, hey, you uh, LeBron James, no lawn, you want an autograph? No, I'm good. I wait for Kobe. Like, this is not something yeah. that's been a new thing. I've just – I didn't like what he did when he turned around and he – and I know it wasn't just him. It had to be his publicist and agent and all that. You don't need an hour-long special on Sports Center to tell me that you're changing your team. Right. So especially really did it. when you're – especially when you're leaving, like, your hometown, you know? Like, you're you're leaving Cleveland, which is where you have your roots. And then, you know, I, I – 
And then when he went back, it was like, okay, cool, he got them a championship. But then when it was convenient, he leaves again, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just tough. He just I, kind I of seems to go, not that I entirely blame him even, but he just kind of seems to go where, like, where the money is, which, again, I don't blame him. He's got to make his money, but he, then he kind of seems to go where he feels like it's going to be easiest to win. And, again, I there maybe that makes him – that probably makes him really smart. He goes where the money is. He goes where it's easiest to win. Uh, but, you know, I, I, there's something to be said again, like about uh, Jordan, who was just with the Bulls and grinded it out, and they built exactly. a team around him, and they, yeah. they, they recruited the players. He brought the other good players to the team, like Pippen and Rodman and all these yeah. guys. And, and, and then they go on that championship run. It's the same thing, you know, when you look at other sports like – you know, again, I'll use Brady as the example in the NFL. Like they, the Patriots build that franchise around for years. Of course, then he just goes to the Bucks and makes it happen. But they're building it around him there too. You know, exactly. So it's like, they know. It, uh, yeah. But it, 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 and it's not just like going where the money is, you know, or going yeah. where it, it's going to be the easiest here, which I feel like has been the case sometimes with LeBron James. Yeah, I agree with you there in a sense. But the only thing that, that really bums me when he came in, they really kind of cleaned house. And you could really see what the Lakers did and who they brought in and whatnot to help around him as well. But leaving a different location now by getting the players that the Lakers have spent these last couple of years of suffering for to number one draft picks, Julius Randle is going to make the Knicks a playoff team. You don't get rid of a guy like that. I don't care if LeBron James on your team or not. You got to find a way to build him in the offense. Yeah. Well, you it's know, like you're, you're going for the quick cash in, right? And then yeah. rather than plan for long term. I mean, how long is LeBron's contract for with in, with LA right now? He's got three more years. He just signed a one year extension. All right. So, so he's got three more years. And how old is he right now? 36, I believe. He's going to be 37 in December. So it's like, you know, he's got, let's say he's got three years there. Good chance it's his last three years. How good is he going to be in, uh, you know, he's always going to bring those tickets in, but how good is he going to be in two years? You know what I mean? Maybe he'll be phenomenal still, but, but, you know, if history is usually not, that if history proves anything, it's that time is not that kind to most athletes. Yeah, I mean, I think the only way to really for LeBron to fight father time is to just switch his number to number 12, and then that might be the luck of the 12 that helps him out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't see Brady retiring anytime soon, especially if you're on top of your game. I mean, I hate to say it like this to go back to this, but... Uh, I don't think I've ever seen Brady have a more impressive playoff run, and I've watched him many times, and I know that some of the teams that he had played earlier in his career and always battled with the Colts and always battled with the Steelers and those tough teams, and even that classic one that he had with Rivers with a torn ACL, Rivers still hung in there and almost won that game uh, on the road in the Colts. But I just don't see the man. I mean, he takes such perfect care of his body, as does LeBron. That's why I think that this is the controversy but uh, if Father Time does, you know, stand on LeBron's side, it would really be nice to have that 18th championship. And I'd like to see Brady get a number eight. That would be great. Stop at eight. Brady and Kobe. That's it. I want an eight for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I, 
I, I can see that for sure. And, 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 you know, Brady, I just, it, I mean, will that guy ever <laughs> lose? I mean, I agree with you with the playoff <laughs> run. To, I'm be, real. <laughs> to be, to just, you know, everybody, the, you know, good for him because the, everybody, all the naysayers, all the haters were like, well, if he did not have Bill Belichick, well, if they were not in the easiest division, oh, the NFC is way harder than the – yeah, so he yeah. went to the NFC and he beat all yeah. the top teams on the road. And yeah, on the road. <laughs> one, two, three, Super Bowl, you still want to rule him out, and then he takes away, you know, the next the the next franchise player, so to speak, again. And it's like, all right, just just realize that he's not going away. <laughs> yeah, and just the classic, you know, the crazy thing is is that to see him in these classic matchups that we, we could not have seen in the past. Uh, everybody always wanted it to turn out where uh, Brady would play Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl or Brady would play Drew Brees. I mean, those would have yeah. been unreal Super Bowls. I yeah. still think Brady would have won, but – at the same time, now that you're playing them in just a big caliber game as it is, because these guys, I mean, I watched a, a program, uh, I know it was done last year, but I finally got around to doing it, of watching the NFL's 100 greatest games. And not all of those games are Super Bowl games. So these games, yeah. I mean, he's remarkable on the road. I, I mean, I had no doubt in my mind, said it every week on the touchdown report leading up to the Super Bowl, that Brady was going to dominate. And it was just unreal. I mean, he really did. It was really crazy. But... Uh, Brandon, I got to thank you, man, so much for coming on today. Um, it really such a great time always talking to you, and I'm glad that you got to help my wrestling fans out there because I've got some wrestling fans that have been asking me, Deacon, you're going to start talking about wrestling and baseball. Well, I can't do that yet. <laughs> can't talk about baseball yet. Well, baseball hopefully, hopefully I did the wrestling talk justice uh, for all <laughs> – for all you listeners out there, uh, thank you so much for having me. This was a blast again. You know, it's always nice to – I love coming on and talking Metallica, but it's always nice to have, uh, uh, you know, to talk about the other stuff too because it's very rare that I get to do this in podcast form, talk about, you know, the wrestling and the football and <laughs> all that other fun stuff. So it's cool, man. Thank you. Definitely. Now, Brendan, what can the audience expect from Metallicast in 2021? What are you whipping up for us? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I the the world only knows. Hopefully, some more great guests and some more great deep dives. Um, you know, I, I try to have everything planned out about. Uh, um, uh, lately, it's I've been planning about like a month out, and then sometimes you know happens, sometimes it doesn't happen. But sometimes it's a week to week thing. Does you know? It's just to, it, most things honestly just kind of fall into my lap where it's like. Um, I have somebody on they're like, Hey, did you talk to so-and-so? Let me put you in touch with so-and-so or, um, you know, somebody will message me with a cool story or something like that. So like, I don't really, I've been fortunate enough where I have not seeked out too many guests lately, which is pretty cool. Um, and, uh, so I'll hopefully just get to talk to a lot more cool people. We got to get you on at long last. So we'll have to do that before the summer's through to, do a Metallica talk and, uh, and and all that good stuff. So we'll we'll make that happen for sure. Because yeah, I, I it was supposed to happen before I came back on, and now I have now <laughs> you're off two nothing on me. So I I I, I, I got to get you on Metallica. But yeah, I, I mean, no real big plans I could tell right now. But 
hopefully just more of the same keep rolling and hopefully and you never know who's going to pop up and I'll have an opportunity to uh, talk. to be a really cool guest. So I, you know, I, I, the, my thing is, is that I never, I, I very rarely say no because the more <laughs> you say yes, the more opportunities usually are out there to um, talk to so-and-so or what have you. But I, I find honestly when I'm like, Oh, I have this really big guest lined up and, it's gonna do. It's gonna be really cool. It's gonna do like great numbers. And then the next episode, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna have you know, so and so on that is just a fan listener of the show. We'll do a deep dive, and it, it it'll do you know normal numbers. Well, it'll be flip flop or like the deep dive will do huge numbers. And then <laughs> I'm like, 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 what happened there? You know, so you never know what's going to attract people and bring things in. But hopefully. Uh, you know, we'll keep on. I'll keep on doing the weekly episodes, and uh, we're doing. I try to do a monthly live stream, even though there are some months that I just kind of skip. Like we're not doing one in April, but hopefully in May I'll figure out something cool to do. If not May, then definitely June. I never try to go more than a couple months without doing a live stream on Facebook and YouTube with a uh, either about a cool topic or with a cool guest that, and I try to make it a little bit different than the typical podcast with you know, audience interaction or, uh, uh, you know, just things like that. And it, that's when I, you know, I, I also never know when I'm going to just get creative and try something new that maybe works or maybe does not work. So that's the fun of it. So we'll see, I guess. That's a long, really rambling, long-winded way of saying, I don't know, and we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, Brendan, are you listening to any new music or any new podcast? Um, anything special that's caught your attention? Uh, what you were you chopped out there from a oh, I'm sorry. Or podcast? Yeah, have you uh, been listening to any new music or any new pods? Anything that's caught up to you know just grabbed your attention? Uh, let's see. Um, you know, I feel like 2020 was such a great year for albums. And 2021 for me has been a lot slower. Uh, there's been a few things that I've uh, heard and I thought is really cool, but nothing that's really stayed with me for long term. Um, Podcast-wise, I've been digging, uh, you know, there's a lot of good music podcasts out there. Um, uh, you know, whether it be the other Metallica podcast or, uh, you know, I just did a crossover with uh, the Magicians podcast, which is the Uriah Heat podcast. So there's a lot of cool music podcasts out there to check out that are, do deep dives into artists. And so I like listening to those. I like listening to um, – uh, I'm a – video game nerd in addition to wrestling nerd. So I, there's a couple video game ones out there. I like to check out. Um, nice. And, uh, it, Oh, you know, what's a really funny one too, which is, this is a good one. I, I like to put on when I'm, uh, you know, working and I just, I can kind of like tune out and, or, and tune in and like laugh is that uh, this is important. If you've ever seen uh workaholics, are you familiar with that show? Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's it's the guys from Workaholics, and they have this they have this podcast called This Is Important, and they they just covered the most important stuff, which is of course just all utter bullshit and nonsense. <laughs> uh, but that's that's a good easy one to listen to um, when I need a laugh. So I, there's no ones I listen to on a consistent basis, to be honest, other than uh, a couple like 
you know, of course, the Deacon and Co. show. <laughs> Thank you very much. But, uh, but uh, you know, I, there's a bunch that I that rotate in and out of my listening. And uh, I'm blanking on some albums. There was a cool metal band I heard not that long ago called Iotun, I-O-T-U-N-N, which is like a little bit uh, – it's definitely not for everybody. It's uh, uh, it's kind of a mix of like progressive metal and uh, uh, just different styles of metal. Vocally, it's like screaming black metal, but then with like soaring power metal vocals. It's a really uh, kind of odd listen at, at first. <laughs> it's a really interesting listen. So if you have uh, for any metalheads out there that might be listening that want something new and exciting, that one was cool. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I can think of right now off the top of my head. I'll think of 20 more things, you know, again, when we're done recording. Awesome. Um, I have a, a friends uh, over um, Upton Wings, uh, Pond Wings, I'm sorry, uh, Eternal Way, and these guys are just really, uh, you know, I can't stop listening to this actual song itself because I just came across these guys just as I grew, you know, really now. I just kind of been reaching out to listening, just giving people a chance of, uh, you know, podcast world. Uh, but it's so crazy because upon wings, these guys have released their first single, Eternal Way. It's featuring uh, Ralph Sheepers of Primal Fear uh, and Gamma Ray. And they actually have a video that they released with it, amazing video. I'm going to post it to the Deacon and Co. Show Twitter page for everyone to see. And they're expecting a new EP out in the summertime, hopefully. And I'm going to be speaking with those guys soon in a couple weeks, too, so it should be fun. But for all the wrestling fans out there, too, uh, there also is something cool that's going on. As I mentioned last week, they have, like, the WWE um, Most Wanted Treasures that is on A&E, also with an eight-part biography coming up starting Sunday, which Brandon is going to include Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels in two of the eight features. Very nice. Uh, yeah, that should be cool. I don't know. Uh, if I have the time, I'll definitely check them out. Um, you know, once upon a time, I probably would have, you know, washed them all, but uh, my my time is limited now. <laughs> but if, if I have the time, I think those will be cool to check out. And the, they have that A&E show coming that with um, where they – like look for hidden treasures. <laughs> yeah, and, that's, and I, I think that'll be a fun show to find some like cool dorky stuff. Yeah, uh, a couple of weeks ago on your show, you had a guy on the show, a uh, great guy. He, I really enjoyed that episode about how he was starting the underground trade for metal fans, especially Metallica merchandise to ensure oh, yeah, that yeah, authenticated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, similar situation here. I like these guys that are doing that and getting out there and. And doing stuff like that because we got to keep these treasures alive. Like if you know, totally, yeah. sitting around, they're not doing anybody any good. But um, follow, <laughs> you definitely got to follow us guys on the majors of social. Brandon is at Metallicast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, Deacon and Co Show Gmail dot com, Deacon and Co Show Twitter, Instagram. But for now, Deacon and Brandon are out.